In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, we're just arguing all the time. What are we supposed to do? The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. Man versus Marriage. Welcome back to another episode of Man versus Marriage. It is I, Quincy W. Moran, aka the Cute Dog, in the Moran family studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie Moran. I'm pointing at her. It's your turn. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. How you doing? Pretty mama. Okay, so as you heard in the stinger for the opener, Arguing all the time. Now, there is a season for everything in life and in marriage. Sometimes you got it, and sometimes you don't. And you cherish the good times because sometimes you've got to endure some frustrations. (laughs) And it happens. It is called life. life. It's not particular... It's not particular to anything having to do, like, you're not special just because you're arguing. It happens to us all. But I want to have, I really want to have an open discussion with Jeannie about arguing all the time and what can, like, what can we work through right now over the next 15 or 20 minutes to kind of give our listeners some clarity on how to find a place to land and what to do about it what might it mean if folks are arguing all the time does it mean anything um and what can we do now before we get into that don't forget you have email addresses that you can use genie j-e-a-n-n-e at mvsmpodcast.com or quincy q-u-i-n-c-y at mvsmpodcast.com do I say those email addresses too fast? I mean, there is a 15 second, 15 second uh, rewind uh, button on your podcast player. So it'll go back 15 seconds and you can hear it again. I'm good. Let's move forward. Can you think back, honey, to times where we have argued a lot? And I know life goes so fast, but in in the spirit of being able to help the listener talk about, you know, communication, talk about locating your spouse. Can you think back to some of the times where we've done a lot, a lot of arguing and kind of put some kind of a pin in a couple of areas of why you think from a woman's perspective that was happening? Stress. Okay. There's one. Stress. I guarantee you a lot of ours was stress and unmet needs. Yep. And the ever-present and such a pain in the ass, unspoken expectations. Yeah, silent expect. Nobody's going to see this. Why do I force myself to spell it right? Because your wife's a writer and it drives her nuts. You know, I was talking to somebody today. That is trying to get better at writing and, you know, doing posts for business and things Mm -hmm. of that nature. And I said, listen, 
not in this order, but I said, listen, Michael, Michael Jordan, best basketball player probably to ever live to date, needed a coach. And professional authors need an editor. So don't get down on yourself if you make mistakes for whatever that's worth. Just thought I'd lay that on you. I was proud of myself for coming up with part of that. Oh, thanks. I don't know why you're thanking me, but. Keep going. I can't, why are you thanking me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're thanking me for sharing that uh -huh. with you. It's to encourage you. Thank you. And now we're just thanking each other. Go thank yourself. All right. With that being said, oh, really? you, got, uh, <laughs> you got stress, you have unmet needs, you have silent expectations. And I mean, if we just carry one more down, it's going to be the D word. Not that D word. Now you're getting naughty. You Dis told me to go thank myself, so <laughs> you started it. <laughs> um, disappointment. So stress. I mean... Arguing, I don't know where. Well, if you were to stack rank these, and I do this because I'm kind of in the business world, for you and your personal situation, which one of these would you say was like? How would you number these one to four and saying which one had the most impact on us, your state of mind, and us and our inability to like communicate effectively? They're in order as they're written right there. Our stress level with what everything that we had going on was immense and I was overwhelmed. Um, my needs were not being met. No quality time. No quality conversation. You were working a lot, so I had a lot on my shoulders at home. Um, silent expectations. I did not voice a lot of what was going on because... I just thought you'd figure it out. I thought you actually could read my mind. Isn't that stupid? I have to say that was really stupid. And you know why I can say that was stupid? Because I thought the same thing about <laughs> exactly. you. And the disappointment is just the product of all three of those. So if you're for us, when we were arguing all the time, going back and looking at it, there was a lot going on. And we were not solid on our foundation. We were trying to ride waves individually instead of trying to take it on together. And that just made things even worse. What I'm writing down here, in case y'all hear a, just a pit of silence, what I'm going to say, this will sound terrible, I'm sure, but you were, you weren't silent. You were vocalizing things, but the things you were vocalizing. They were surface issues. They weren't what was going on inside me. <clears throat> they were surface issues, but they had something to do with my insecurity, which made me want to go work more. Mm -hmm. um, because we were in really tight spots and we were both. I mean, we were being fed by a community food bank. You know yeah. what I'm saying? During some of those times. So it was it was not that you were being not that you were being silent. It's the expectations for your needs that weren't getting met that you thought and I thought we thought together that 
we've been together a while. You should just know this by now. Yeah. You should know what I need. That is probably the biggest load of crap anyone ever learns in marriage. It's like, and, and you'll hear it in conversations too. I still hear it. Where it's like, yeah, but we've been dating for this long. You would think he would know. And I'm thinking, no, no, he doesn't. Clearly, if he's not doing what you expect him to do, he doesn't have a clue. But you should know this. Mm, not if it's something that's never actually been vocalized. I, I didn't know that I needed a soft place to land. I didn't even know what that meant. Right. I knew I needed quality time. You knew I needed quality time, but we didn't know what that meant to each other. We just thought it meant getting out of the house. That That's, no. I mean, at that time in our life, my, this sounds so stupid when people say it, it irritates me, but my me time was going to Walmart alone for three hours. Right. To go grocery shopping. And as sad as it sounds, I would go there for a pick-me-up. Because I could look around and not feel so bad about myself for a little while. Because there were other people there that were clearly going through it worse than I was. But I didn't know I needed a break. I needed you to take over. I needed to be able to go and take a 30-minute bath and get away from whatever else. But I needed permission to do that. Because I didn't have enough common sense to just say I need to put myself first for a few minutes what you're saying is you needed permission to give yourself permission yeah to go do that I, I needed it's kind of weird because not everybody thinks this way so you know take what I'm telling you based on this is my own thoughts and my own experiences because as we have learned not all moms are the same mm -hmm. but my instinct has always been my needs last my needs are always last. Mm -hmm. So when you take that into consideration, I'm putting my own needs last. But as your wife, it's expected that you would put my needs first. Unfortunately, we didn't have that conversation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so... What I expected out of you was never vocalized in that manner. You know, it wasn't just that I needed to give myself permission. I needed to know that it was okay with you that I step away from what's going on and I go take a few minutes to myself. Because for me, it felt like if I did that, I was letting you down or I, I was not taking up my responsibility. I, I was giving the kids to someone else to their dad how could you dad babysitter what have you but i always felt that way it's kind of like going shopping the first time you bought me a jersey okay that's probably and it's so funny too because you've bought me stuff over the years but that night was probably one of the first times it was just like I have permission from you to spoil me because I don't do that. 
I don't know how to do that. I'm trust me, I've got a list a mile long of things that I would love to own. But I always felt guilty doing that stuff because I'm taking from something else. Well, I I don't know if it's you needed my permission as much as you needed me to make you aware that you have permission. Yeah. To do that because you're a grown up. Yeah. You know, and I understand that we want to be conscious of putting an extra load here and there on us, you know, but we were, oh my gosh, there was so, there was just so much going on. And I, I know, I know we've talked about this a bunch and just to tell you through the times, if you're new to the show, through the times we are talking about, it's, it's right around the time, you know, it was in a short one and a half to two year period, I would say, if I'm not mistaken, that we found out about sexual abuse by babysitters. We found out about an autism diagnosis. We... Two of them. Two of them, yes. We were denying a third one. Um, started, there were like... Two other pregnancies. Two other pregnancies, yes. <clears throat> then there was an issue with seizures and brain surgery. Then there was an issue, you know, with finances, which I think every young, most in general, most young marriages probably have some skinny times, you know, when it comes to money because you're learning how to do that together. But we were on the brink of losing our home. We couldn't feed our family. It was just utter turmoil. So health, finances, marital frustration, um... Autism, frustration. I mean, just it was such a firestorm of things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody had to give their advice or had to had their opinion of why things were happening yeah. and what we should do. And we didn't know from family to friends to church groups, and I'm sure they were all well-meaning. Uh, the church groups had some really dumb things, like really dumb things to say. But then again, so, so did some, some friends. family. <clears throat> yeah, uh, there were a yeah. couple of, yeah, no. Mm-mm. And when I, I think you know, for us, we're young and impressionable as you know, being married young and had 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 you know, our first child was born, wasn't perfect like your child. You think your child, you imagine your child is going to be perfect. Uh, and healthy, and immediately he had issues. He had a deformity, and we're kind of thrown off by that. And the the very next pregnancy is triplets, and they go from Jeannie's belly to life support, and it's like whoa, the, you know, it's it's too much too soon. Yeah, you know, in, in a sense. But I'm looking at the list, and that, all that to say is that that's those are that is a select few out of many things that were happening and that is a very generalized idea of what we were trying to navigate through but i would look at these things and i would say you're talking about stress was number one but effectively if you're thinking about it and i'm just the way i'm looking at it stress can affect you in different ways but it, in to, I would say in varying degrees, but if your 
needs are being met, then stress doesn't necessarily have as large an impact on you. Um, That's fair. As if, it, as it does when you have that unmet need and you don't feel like you, you're just not getting your needs met and you feel like you don't have a voice. Then stress becomes, because what came to my mind was, I had to look it up because I couldn't think of the whole, it's like acute versus chronic. And stress is a very ac acute thing. It can turn into something that's chronic. But when you talk about unmet needs and silent expectations, those things start to develop over time and become a chronic issue. Mm -hmm. And stress becomes acute because it's what's happening in the moment. But there's underlying things that really, that really can dictate the loads of disappointment and what disappointment becomes as it begins to mature, so to speak. Because mm -hmm. it doesn't, it doesn't just stay disappointment. It kind of uh, morphs or evolves into resentment and bitterness, and that like morphs into bitterness. And bitterness really causes brokenness, not to keep going with letters that, but it does cause brokenness and then it starts to harden you on the inside mm -hmm. where you are really building your defenses. So there was a ton of stress and I'm not, I'm for both of us, there was a ton of stress yeah. for the kids. There was a ton of stress. So I'm not gonna, I'm not here to say that. Stress was the number one. I think it was just the loudest thing that was happening in the moment. But really, as we, I don't know, and I don't know at what point it happened with us. But we kind of both got distracted in some way. Thought that we should know. I don't know why we thought this. That we should know <laughs> what what each other needed. Well, because we had been together for so many years, we should just know these things about each other. But we just weren't thinking about it. You, you don't. And know. You ha we had other people in our ear too. You know, it's well. I don't know why he wouldn't do this, or I don't know why you don't just do that. And it's like, I I don't have answers to that either. And then I would get pissed off because you know you got a point. Why isn't he doing this? Or how come we're not doing? It? Dude, outside voices just limit them. Lesson learned. <laughs> Lesson especially, learned. Especially if the product they're putting on the field, the track record is not great. Yeah. You know? Um, but at, like I said, I go back to saying everybody's marriage has seasons, so maybe you've caught them in a bad season. But with that being said, I think probably like one of the most difficult things here is once our needs and you alluded to this once our needs are not getting met the entire system starts to crumble mm -hmm. because we are as humans we are like these emotional creatures that have needs that ha that we need to have met you don't necessarily know how to vocalize it you know because when you're a kid you know you're just a knucklehead kid and you start saying what you want it's like Hey, be quiet. You don't want that. No, you don't want that. You know, and that's parents being parents. But as you grow, who's teaching you how to articulate what your needs are and who's telling you that just because 
you've been together six months or a year, or you've said it one or two times, that your spouse can read your mind and that they should know because they've known you for so long. And what that does is kind of feed a vicious cycle of unmet needs, silent expectations, and it just spirals into disappointment. And then if you take, if that's your foundation, if that's the nucleus from which you're working from, little stress is like a lot of stress. A lot of stress is terrifying. And an excruciating amount of stress is just debilitating. So while I do believe that stress caused us to argue, there were there, there was something that was just much more underlying. And it's because, and I think you, I mean, we could go back to, you know, probably 10, 15 minutes ago. I think you nailed it. There are unmet needs. Mm-hmm. What are those unmet needs? How can you determine what those needs are that are not being met? How can you as a couple agree that you're going to vocalize and articulate what it is that your expectations are respectfully, lovingly, and then your needs begin to get met? And there, I mean, if I would have, like, prepped Jeannie for this and we would have done it anything other than an open discussion, we probably could go back and and look at times that stuck out in our mind and our relationship. Maybe it's poor planning on my part. um, Where I had a need or you had a need and we just thought, you ought to know how this makes me feel. Mm -hmm. And that's just not fair to your spouse. Mm -hmm. It's not fair to your kids. It's not fair to any of your relationships just to assume that you should know what I need even though I'm not telling you. Or you should know what matters to me. I mean, there's a certain framework whereby that is plausible. But to know what you're needing in the moment to expect me to know what you need in the moment without vocalizing it to me is unfair. Especially when you're, you think about in the beginning of the marriage, we knew each other, but we didn't know each other well because we were still figuring ourselves out. Yeah. You know, if, if you're in a relationship with someone for years before you get married, that's different. You've had these years of talking and hanging out and doing things. You've developed that rapport, so to speak, where you just know each other pretty well. We didn't have that. We dated for six months. We were engaged for a year. We got married. And then a year later, we're parents. And I'm not saying that's bad. A lot of people do that. But we didn't take the time to really, really get to know what our needs were, what the other, I mean, and we started on a foundation of, you know, being worried about whether or not we were going to manage to be what the other person needed based on our own upbringing and whatnot. So we had a lot of just crap sitting in the can that we didn't even realize we had, and it had no business being there, but we didn't know how to talk that out. 
But if you look at the difference between the beginning and how stress impacted us and how we didn't vocalize our needs, we had silent expectations, we were pissed all the time, we were hurt all the time versus where we are now. The stress level has not changed. The stress level in this house has not changed. It might go up and down. We don't have surgeries like we used to. But we still have a lot going on Mm -hmm. all the time. And we have a lot of uncertain variables at any given moment. So the stress level doesn't really change. But the difference is how we handle it. Because now, if you and I are solid, I can deal with everything else. If you and I are solid, work can be shit and that's okay. Because you and I are solid. If the kids are okay and and we're making sure that they're all taken care of and their needs are met, we're good. Crap outside the house doesn't matter. This is home team is what matters. It it has an influence, but I don't, I don't think the effect has it, ha, it, the it impact has the, is not so hard. Exactly, it's it's one <clears throat> of those things where, um, like given the situation we're in now, is very very different because we used to have monthly weekends away. That was that was a big deal for us because that helped me get through a lot of stuff. Then COVID hit, screwed that plan. Now we're kind of getting back to getting out but your work schedule is so off the charts right now that we don't really know which end is up so we're having to make do with wherever we can get our time we get our time but we're also at the place where we can say or I I can tell you okay I need a date night I need out I, I need just you and me away from everything else. I don't even care if we go out of town. We just need to do something. But had I not learned to vocalize that, I would just be sitting pissed because we're just sitting around the house and everything is just piling and piling and piling. Even though you're home and you're with me, it would be different because I need that getaway to be able to just go and be. Yeah. You know, no serious talks, no major issues no being mom just us i think in the beginning we didn't really know that we were learning it but we didn't know it we thought just getting away for a few minutes was going to be helpful um and i think that's where a lot of the issues stemmed but we learned if we hadn't learned how to communicate number one we, we would still be in the same spot. Yeah. If we hadn't learned to identify our own personal needs, yep. we would be screwed. Because I, I, I can't even begin to explain how difficult it is for me, even now, to, be, to express what I need. You know, the situation we're in now, I know what my love languages are. You know what my love languages are. But life can flip those. Not necessarily change the core, but they may not stay the same in the moment. No, of course. Of course not. No, I mean, and I would say to that, 
it's not like it's not like those things that the the level of engagement for each love language is just different. You can your tank can be full on quality time, but that doesn't mean you don't still need physical touch. And if your quality time tank is full, whatever that looks like, that means there's capacity. There's an opening for physical touch or acts of service. The depending on what your need is in the moment, what are you going through in life? That will kind of dictate what bucket needs to be filled. See, and that's my point. Like, if, if you if you're arguing all the time, what's going on? Let's take a step out of the frame for a minute. What's going on? Is it work related? Are, are you stressed out at work? Are things going on there, and that's got the loudest voice right now? So everybody else is getting the reactive. That's happened to us many, many times. Yeah. Or we had medical situations and I'm worried. I'm scared. I don't know. I have no control over anything. And you're getting the reactive because I've got no freaking control. I don't like not being in control. This is a problem for me. So, but in those moments, going back and looking at our love languages and what's happening around us. Like right now, our quality time cannot be met the way we normally would have it met. Yeah. It's just our situation is not structured that way right now. But given where we're at and what we're dealing with and all of the things in the last few weeks, I need more affirmation than I need time. All right. Time I can look at, it's not a forever, it's a for now. So we need to make an adjustment and I will take what we can and make that work. But in the process, I need to fill something else so that I don't feel the lack. I need affirmation. We got a lot going on. I need to feel like in the midst of all the turmoil that's recently happened, I need to be reminded I'm appreciated. I'm a priority. I'm doing well. I'm loved. I'm cherished. I need to know those things. And it's not because you don't do that on a regular. It's just something that needs to be more. If that's taken care of, I am less reactive in my situation because I feel it. When you don't feel it, when you, you don't feel like your needs are met, when you don't feel like you matter, when you don't feel like you can come home and be safe. I think we start getting hurt, pissed, angry, and everything comes out of the reactive. Mm -hmm. Instead of responding to you, I am attacking you. Every little thing that you say becomes a, a defensive. Yeah. It's no longer a response. It's a it's a reaction to whatever mm -hmm. is acute in the moment. So it, if you're arguing all the time, I, I would look at a few things. I would say, A, step back out of the frame. What's going on around you? Is this just a you and her button heads because maybe something was said 
or something was done or maybe an event was missed. Who knows? But take a step back. If one of those things is the case, why is she reacting the way she's reacting? Is she hurt? Was it, you know, a letdown? Was it a broken promise? What's the, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? There was some value that was there that got broken or, or, oh, what's the word? It's not demeaned. What is it? Diminished? There you go. Okay. Because if you miss, just as a random, if you missed an anniversary, okay, this is why you're arguing she's hurt. Something that was very important and valuable, something that means something, was missed. That's a hurt. Yeah. That's a no-brainer. You know that. That's a hurt. You got to fix it. Take a step back and look. What's going on in her life? Are the kids okay? Is there chaos going on? Is school schedules all over the place? For me, speed bumps. Y'all know it. If you've been listening, you know it. If my schedule is jacked up, Quincy already knows. Proceed with caution. Send up red flags. Check in with me because that will throw me like nobody's business because there are too many people relying on me in too many areas. And it is really, really difficult when we are in two different locations to take care of everybody Correct. at one time. I, I would say step back and take a look at your own personal needs. What do you need? Are you getting it? If you're not getting it, are you talking about it? Have you said something? Have you mentioned it? If it's on your side and you haven't done it, um, man up, use your words, say something. What are her needs? Have you been meeting them? Have you checked in to see if her needs have changed? That, I mean, that's where we're at on a daily right now is just what do you need from me? Where are you at? Yeah. Where's your heart? How's your heart? You know, we, we've got ups and downs like crazy right now, and it's all about asking questions, yeah. locating each other. If I fly off the handle, he's real quick to call me on it. Does he get snapped at? Yeah. I'll be honest. I don't like being called on it, but... None of us do. But it's a locator. If you think about it, I gave you permission to do this. You gave me permission to do this. When when Sophie and I were having our little spat the other night and I snapped and you called me on it, I shut down. I didn't shut down because I was pissed at you. I shut down because, okay, I'm emotional about something else and it just spilled out onto her and it's not her fault. Yeah. But I needed that locator to let me know, hey, you, you've reached your limit and you've crossed the line. Now you need to back up and figure out what to do. It's not always you. It can be a personal thing going on and you're just getting reactive from it. Yeah, it would help me, like in a former episode, to find out. This may go nowhere, but are you hurt, frustrated, frazzled, or pissed? That really mm-hmm. is like... I don't know. That's like buzzword heaven right there. Because <laughs> it helps me. It helps me and it may help you locate 
you. Yeah. And it, and it may help you locate me. <clears throat> so I think we should give that a test run and just see. And I, I wrote some things down here because I think you made some great points. And it's um it's a point that I made in the notes that I wrote down in, uh, for our last episode, but I didn't even bring it out. What is, if you're arguing all the time, what what do you think is like, if you're trying to identify what the issue is, first of all, is there an anniversary of some sort coming up, you know? Mm. Patterns. You know, is there a pattern you can look at? But if you back up, back up before that, my my thing is, if if we just take our example, like we kind of fleshed it out. I had Jeannie go through an exercise with me. It was an unplanned, but just did it in the moment. Is there stress? Are there unmet needs? Is it the result of silent expectations? And it, are you dealing with some disappointment? Now, those things can all be remedied, and it may take time. It It may take a decent amount of time. But my question to you is, if that is the situation in your relationship, A, do you know what your needs are? Do you know what her needs are? Because if you can't put one or two of the most important needs that you yourself or um, your spouse has, no wonder y'all are arguing. <laughs> Because your needs are going unmet. And you've got to get down to the bottom of that. Now, maybe you've taken the love language a thousand times, or maybe you've never even heard of love language. I would encourage you. It's free. It's something that Gary Chapman put out. You can go find it on Google or whatever. Take it. Have your wife, ask your wife to take it. And that'll just give you some kind of pencil to paper and say, okay, based on this test, these are your needs. And you're like, oh, well, I didn't know that. But even further than that, do yourself, do your relationship a favor. And if quality time is number one on your wife's list or language, you need to ask the question, what does that look like? Or else you are going to try and determine based on what it looks like for you and not yeah. for her. You tend to give to other people what you yourself need the most. When it's not being met, you put it out there hoping that you're going to get it back. But it may not be what your spouse needs. It's what you need. Yeah, and maybe both of you have quality time is number one but it doesn't mean the same thing doesn't for look both the same yeah so you need to ask what does that look like and then once you get to that point you can kind of figure out like i was talking about with Jeannie, what's acute and what's chronic so that you can kind of create some soft place to land you can create some kind of like framework i keep going back to that word but you, you'll you have some kind of guidelines to go by to say, honey, it feels like we're arguing all the time. Uh, how can I be a part of the solution? How can I help us? And how can I help 
meet your needs. Well, and I would question, there are two other things I would look at. Are you arguing about the same thing? Like repeatedly. Then I would question communication. Yeah, does are you how, saying does the argument you? like always come back to the same thing or are you arguing about the same thing? I would say if you're arguing about the same thing or even if it does come back to the same thing. Reason being then you need to check your communication. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you or what are you hearing? Because we keep going round and round this mountain. What's not being heard or what's not being said? That's huge when it comes to arguing. And are you using the rules of engagement or are you attacking each other? Because if there's an issue and you're not using proper rules of engagement, there are other episodes that will tell you what those are because it's, it's very helpful. If you're not using rules of engagement and you're attacking each other or you're fighting to be right because, damn it, I'm tired of fighting over this. I just want to be right and be done with it. You're losing. Period. Both of you are going to lose because nobody's being heard. So I would question those things and start using your questions when you're arguing. Okay, what are you hearing me say? Because for some reason, it just doesn't seem like you're getting what I'm trying to get across. Use your questions. The other thing I would look at is patterns. And the reason I say that is because, for example, we have a friend who lost his first wife. Married to his second wife. They've been married for 20, going on 23 years now. And the timeline for when he lost his other wife still messes with him. He still grieves her when that time comes around. Not because his, his current wife is not enough or anything like that. It's just a trauma. It's it's something that he just takes a few days to allow himself to miss her and grieve the situation. Everyone has that right. Well, it was more than just It was his wife, wife and child. Yeah. yeah. But what I'm saying is there's a pattern. And right before that anniversary, there's behaviors that his wife notices. And she takes that into consideration and says, okay, this is not the time to have these conversations. Or this is not the time to throw these things into our schedule. She takes the time to allow him that, that grieving period, so to speak. My dad for years struggled with holidays and birthdays and things because it always worried him that that means more money's going out. These things are coming up, more money's going out. And his behavior would shift. He would get grumpy. He would get pissy. He would get snappy. He would say mean things. I don't think any of it was meant because he wanted to be a jerk. It was just he was freaking out over money. Who doesn't? But we all learned at certain times, don't ask him about certain things or don't put anything extra on his plate right now because we already know he's going to snap. It's kind of shitty because you have to like feel like you walk on eggshells. But if you maneuver it properly, if you know that these are things that are coming up, now you know you can work on them. Yeah, I mean, somebody can't use like in in one of those examples. They can't use it just to treat people the way that they want. That's we're not no, we're not. That's saying not that. what I'm saying. If if you knew that 
Christmas time is coming up. And for me, it's always a stress because I'm worried about money and I'm going to be snappy and I'm going to be frustrated. Something you and I have learned over the years is we'll start around July or August and we'll start discussing, okay, Christmas is coming. What do we want to budget? What do we want to spend? What are some ideas of what we're looking at getting for the kids? What I'm saying is if you can locate these things and recognize them, you can diffuse some of these arguments ahead of time by learning to communicate about them prior to. You're panicking before you panic. It's a pre-panic. Ha, Candace and I were right. It's a pre-panic plan. <laughs> Story for another day. But the like the grieving, all you're doing is deferring to the person and allowing them a little bit of leeway. It doesn't mean you let them treat you like crap, but it does mean don't purposely come out of the woods and try to have an argument or a, a conversation that you know they're not going to hear you right now. Yeah, and I and I think I think the first example you gave was just was just perfect because that's emotional trauma. That's not somebody, you know, the next the next one I can understand the direction you're going with that, but you know, we as dads and husbands and husbands and you know, wives and mothers need to be able to regulate our attitudes, agreed, myself but, included. Agreed, but what I'm saying is if you know the pattern, I'm not saying avoid the pattern. I'm saying recognize it, acknowledge it, try to make a plan so that you can help them learn and get past those things. I mean, your your job as my husband is to come alongside me and help me as I'm trying to get through this stuff. Yeah. So if we know ahead of time that, that there are things that, frustrate me or bring anxiety or cause me extra stress, which always brings up emotional response and reaction. Then we start pre-planning. Okay, this is coming. This is what we want to look at. And we just throw it out in a conversation. It's not an argument. It's not a, you know, it, it's nothing that needs to be hugely elaborate. It's just simply we recognize these things are coming what can we do to lessen it? What yeah. can we do to to lessen the impact? How can I help you so that this doesn't become a burden for you or a struggle for you? That's all it is. I'm not saying um, you need to walk on eggshells or back away from the person. That, and I'm not saying that they get a free pass to be a dick either. That's not what I'm saying at all. Yeah. It's just recognizing patterns and noticing something may be coming and how do I buffer that? But if you are seeing that you're arguing over the same thing repeatedly or it keeps coming back to the same argument or an old argument, the last thing I would say is you may need to get a third party involved to help you figure out how to communicate properly yeah. to resolve it. Because Rita was a huge help for some of the stuff that we, we just didn't know how to talk about it. And it took somebody else going, okay, Quincy, this is what she's saying. What did you hear her say? And he'll spit it back. And then me going, no, that's not what I'm saying. And Rita going, okay, hold on. And then her explaining what she heard me say and explaining it to you in a way that you would understand what I'm saying. You know, thinking about it, I always felt stupid because like, why do I have to have somebody else explain me to you? But it helped. It helped a lot. Yeah, she didn't have any emotion in it. Exactly. So she doesn't have a side. 
She She's not partial to either one of us trying to make sure which one is right. It's simply getting us to understand what the other person was saying mm-hmm. so that we could come to terms with how do we resolve this? If that's what you need, it's okay to need that. Yeah, and the and one of our like one of our core principles now is not fighting to be right. It's it's fighting for what is right in our relationship. And I know that can be very subjective. But the fact is if you're just trying if you've got to be right about a situation, um, that means that your spouse is wrong and they lose. And I mean, that's not a position you want to put your spouse in. Mm-mm. Now, you can approach it with what is right for our relationship, and then you can come to something that is mutually beneficial and is right for the both of you. So, and I know we've kind of we've kind of given you a lot here, but if you find yourself arguing all the time, I encourage you Maybe go back and pull some of these strategies out that will help you approach your spouse. And there's also something that's coming up here, you know, an episode that I'm going to, that I've put together that we want to do. And it it does have to do with, I mean, we, we're doing a lot of marriage help here. But I wonder if we as married people and we as husbands or wives are we taking any time to just sit and do a gratitude exercise about a relationship and what is right with our relationship or is the focus constantly on what is wrong because that that can really be detrimental to your relationship Mm -hmm. so that episode will be coming up soon and I encourage you, you know, to listen to it uh, when it comes out and to share it. Because I'm not saying to ignore your problems, but I'll tell you, you can really, really do your heart some good by just sitting and meditating with the things that you have gratitude about when it comes to your relationship. There have been moments for me over the past few days where I'm just kind of in awe of my wife just thinking about how much that I'm loved and I mean that and it really it really just does something deep inside of my heart to say this woman truly truly loves me I'm blessed even though we're going through you know hard situations within our household so yeah, I think I'll. I think I'm gonna put a pin in it right there. We're gonna hit the uh, the pause button, and I hope you found something that's of value to you in this episode. We would love to hear from you. Send us an email, and uh, we will keep on keeping on. And until the next time, she is Jeannie Moran. I am Quincy Moran, and this is Man versus Marriage. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose for a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Merit, the podcast.